The scripture reading this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 to 17. Let me read to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 to 17. I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Therefore I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Let us invite uh, Reverend Nita to preach to us the sermon entitled um, Learning and Imitating. Thank you. Uh, as you all know, today is uh, Communion Sunday and we do this once a month and later after the sermon, the Sunday school children will join us. Uh, the Chinese service does it a little bit differently. The children come in and stay throughout the whole uh, worship service. And so this morning, I uh, had an interactive time with the children, asking them uh, what, uh, how or what they understand about Holy Communion and who taught them. And so it was very interesting. Their response was that mommy and daddy taught them uh, what to do during Communion, taught them about faith. And so that is what actually learning is all about. Learning is seeing. It's not just hearing and then processing in our minds, but learning is also imitating. And so, as uh, you all know, that this is the third quarter and we want to emphasize on education, enhancing education. And so, very often when we think about education, we think about a teacher uh, teaching, talking, and then uh, as students, we listen and we learn. Uh, it's all very uh, intellectual, but actually... Learning involves watching and then doing as well. And so this morning, I've chosen this passage from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, as uh, Reverend Ting has read for us, uh, about what the church in Corinth, uh, what they were going through and what Paul wrote to them. And so as we turn to God's Word, let us turn to Him in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we want to give thanks to you, Father, for your goodness to us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this morning. We thank you that we're able to come together uh, here in the sanctuary to worship you, to read your word, to hear your word being preached. And we're also thankful for those who are not able to be physically here in the sanctuary to join us online for this morning's worship service. And so we commit this time of hearing your word being preached into your hands. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The church in Corinth, as many of us would know, is a church that, uh, had, that was very richly blessed by the Lord. It has got a lot of resources, both human and financial and spiritual. Uh, lots of spiritual gifts. But the thing is that when, you know, when, uh, 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 like many of us, when they had too much, 
uh, they begin to fight among themselves, make comparison. And so here in this particular passage, when Paul was telling them what they have to do in verse 14, he says, I'm writing uh, this not to shame you, but to warn you. Now, when we fight, you know, uh, even even at our as adults, sometimes we do, still do have sibling squabbles. Okay, for for us uh, growing up in a big family, when we're younger, when we fight, is always the father or the mother, the parents, who would then discipline us. And so here, as Paul wrote this, you see his words. He said, uh, "I warn you, as my dear children." Paul was not married. He did not have any biological children. But he looked at the churches that he started as his family and the people in the church as his children. And so he writes to them, my dear children. And then he goes on to say, even though you had 10,000 guardians, you do not have many fathers. Now, friends, as we look at this text to begin with verse 14, I'm writing this not to shame you. I'm not sure whether many of you realize that in the Chinese culture, when we want to teach a child to behave, we actually use a lot of shame. Shame culture is very real in our Chinese culture. When a child, when a young child doesn't behave, what would we do? We use words that instill shame in the child when the child is not dressed properly you say shame shame you know Uh, when the child doesn't want to study you say now in future you're going to be a garbage collector and then see shame shame you know yeah uh, so we use a lot of shame uh, to bring about behavior that's very much a part of our Chinese culture but then as adults uh, we use more of guilt right we all understand what is making somebody go on a guilt trip Right? If you are not filial, uh, your parents will suffer, your parents will live in poverty. You know, uh, having guilt trips and if our parents have passed on, see, you didn't do well enough, so your parents have passed on. So all this guilt trip for adults, but for children, we use more of shame. In the Greek culture, it's also a culture of shame. And so that's why Paul, when he writes this, he wants to tell the audience that I'm not doing this to shame you. It is not a shame culture, although it is part of the culture. But what he's doing is he's warning. And as a father, as a father figure, he warns the children. Then he goes on to say that you may have many guardians. Now again, guardian is a very cultural thing. In the, uh, uh, in the culture of that time, uh, young children would be assigned a guardian, a slave, who would watch over the child, very much like our nanny or our butler uh, in, in, in certain uh, Western uh, community. Uh, so for us, maybe it's the kaka, you know. And that guardian, that slave, who's a slave, uh, would watch over the child, teaching, tutoring the child. All right, and so for... Uh, some of them that he addressed because this is a a wealthy community, a wealthy church. So he said, you may have many guardians in your growing up years. You may have been assigned many slaves to watch over you, but you do not have many fathers. All of us only have one biological father. 
but in certain situation we may have a uh, foster father we may have a godfather we may have a, a stepfather but in this case when paul says you do not have many fathers i am your father because he was the one who started the church and yet so and yet paul was very specific he says in jesus christ i became your father through the gospel and so the first point as we look at this passage we need to say that the church is like a family and paul is a daddy and so as a father he's able to say that now i'm warning you as my children your behavior your uh, uh your values and what you do i am warning you as a father Now some of us were here last week we would remember that we had confirmation two of our young people were confirmed now both these two persons grew up in a christian home and so who led them to christ hopefully it was the parents and so the parents had taught them uh the basics of the faith now for those of us who grew up in a christian home we're very blessed Okay, we have our parents to guide us, to lead us, and to bring us to church. And uh, this morning, even uh, a child came forward and gave the offering. And I asked the child, "Where do you get your money from?" You know, it's from our parents. Okay, and so we are very blessed to have parents who guide us. And so, in the Methodist church, children who are, are those of us who are baptized as children or infant, and as we become adults. we have this reaffirmation or confirmation of our faith and reception into the church membership so the first thing that the pastor would say to that person is remember your baptism and be thankful be thankful that we had a parent a guardian an older person who brought us to be baptized when we were younger and now as an adult you stand before the church and declare that you are a christian now for those of us who were not brought up in a christian home then we would remember the person who shared the gospel with us all right i hope you remember some of us may have forgotten and there may have been other people who have helped us in our spiritual journey and so for 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 that we are grateful to that person who shared the gospel with us Now some of us may have shared the gospel with someone else and led the person to Christ. And you become like a spiritual father or a spiritual mother, isn't it? You're very concerned how that person will grow, whether the person is um reading the Bible every day, whether the person is praying, learning to give thanks, whether the person comes for worship, whether the person is serving, and all of this. We behave and act like a parent and so likewise for Paul but we take note that Paul did not take credit for the salvation he did not say i save you i converted you but he said you became my children through the gospel we are all born into the family of god through the work of the holy spirit through the word of God. So Paul is very very clear as he lays the foundation what authority does Paul have to say what he is saying. The authority comes from the fact that these Corinthian believers became Christian 
through the ministry of Paul. And so that's why he is so courageous and so authoritative in saying, therefore, you must imitate me. Now, many of us may not dare to say this, but Paul dares to say it simply because he walked so closely with God. He knew that he is living his life as God would want him to. His values, his thoughts, his, his mind, his heart, it's all following Christ. And so he can say, imitate me. Now, my dear friends, when we talk about learning, like I said, we always think that, you know, it's all uh, 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 very intellectual. What I say, you listen and you hear and you do. But actually, a lot of us learn through imitation. Alright, and so uh, the second point is that Paul is an example for the family. He says, imitate me. Would this picture bring a smile to you? How many of the parents here, you have your children doing this, your girls doing this. How many of us remember when we were little girls, we did that? We wore our mother's high heel shoe. Did we do that? Or for boys, do you do this? As young boys, you see your dad doing, uh, some of the boys may be holding um, hammers or screwdrivers. We imitate what our parents do. I had a wonderful holiday recently visiting my niece and her little uh, daughter. Uh, the, the, the girl is now seven years old, but earlier on, uh, she would take a fridge magnet, which is about this size, and then she would put it to her ear and say, Good morning, Elwina, Pinnacle People, because exactly that is what her mother would say. Her mother would be answering the phone. The mother's name is Elvina and she works for Pinnacle People. But this little girl takes a fridge magnet and puts it to her ear and says the same words as her mother would say. Children learn by imitating. Many of us would be aware that in recent years, we're very concerned about children going to government-run kindergartens and then they come home and they say let us pray they will pray like that and so that's a concern now we all know that learning part of the learning process is through imitating and so when we think about that the question then we need to ask is what do people see in us? What do people imitate from us? Paul is very, very clear, not only in this passage here, he says, therefore I urge you to imitate me because I'm your spiritual father. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says the same thing again. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of of Christ. And then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 9, he says the same thing. We did this not because we have any right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. Paul is very, very intentional in what he does or in what he did, in what he said, so that people around him would watch and learn. 
And the same thing for Hebrews. The author of the letter to the Hebrews wrote in chapter 6 and chapter 13. Let's read chapter 6 verse 12 together. We do not become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. 13.7 Remember Imitate Actually someone once said Imitation is the best compliment Isn't it? Uh, we have fake um, products uh, Fake handbags and so on We want to eat. All these are imitation Because the original is that good Right, imitation is the best compliment. And so here, both Paul and the author of the letter to Hebrews say very boldly, imitate me. And so my dear brothers and sisters, as we think about learning, as we think about imitation, the question we need to ask today as we pause and think about it, who are we imitating? Imitation is not only by children, adults as well. Now, I'm not sure whether, I think for the English-speaking congregation, there's less of that, but Chinese congregation, a lot of that, I'm sure you have heard it as well. When people pray, halfway through their prayer, they will go, and then they will go, have you noticed that? Including pastors in Sarawak, a lot of this in our Chinese churches as they pray very very they'll no never noticed that now from now on listen carefully okay now I, I, I heard this and I was just wondering why and then I heard this story that many many years ago uh, Stephen Tong uh, the preacher the well uh, very famous Stephen Tong came to preach and then he prayed like that you know, and so people then begin to follow. That must be a very spiritual way of praying. So a lot of people followed. Years later, when he came back to preach, and then he said, How come Sarawakians, a lot of you also like that? And and then he said, You know, I do it because I wear dentures. And halfway through my prayer, my denture would be loose, so I need to and to make sure the denture is back in place. But are there that many people wearing dentures that so many people pray like that? The joke is that not only do children imitate, we also imitate others. And so we need to be aware. Who are we imitating? And what do the younger children or younger generation or others imitate from us. Researchers say teenagers, they learn to drink not from their peers but from home. They pick out certain habits from home. And so as parents, we need to be very aware that our children not only imitate our faith, but imitate our values, imitate our character, imitate the way that we respond to people, how we treat others, imitation. And so Paul then goes on to say in verse 17, for this reason, 
I have sent to you Timothy, my son whom I love. Now again, Paul lays the foundation as he lays the foundation in the beginning and he talks about imitating me. Then he goes on to, I'm sending Timothy. Timothy is also my spiritual son who is faithful in the Lord like Paul was. And then he said, he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Timothy had imitated Paul. He had heard what Paul taught. He had seen what Paul did. And Timothy had imitated Paul. And so then Paul can say that I am sending you, Timothy. So you now can learn from him and imitate him as he had imitated me. A story was told of... um, a group of preachers comparing the different versions of the uh, Bible, the different translation. Here you have you have all kinds of translation. You have the New American, you have the Amplified, you have the RSV, the ESV, the KJV. So a group of preachers, four preachers were comparing. So some one of them said, oh, I really love the NIV. It's easy to read. It's easy to understand. I use it for my preaching. Another one then said, oh, I prefer the KJV. Because, you know, it's uh, uh, the words used are so beautiful. And the third one then said, well, I prefer the New Living Translation because it's paraphrased. And the three then went on to compare and discuss. But the fourth person was very quiet. So the three of them then turned to him and said, what's your preference? How come you never said anything? And this young preacher said, I like my mother's translation best. And the three said, we did know your mom was a translator. We did know that there was a particular version that your mom was involved in translation. And this young man said, yeah, she translated the Bible. She translated the Bible into her life. And I read her life. It's from her life that I found Christ." And I found the values and the teachings of God. It's the best version of the Bible. Friends, coming back to the same question, what do people imitate from us? In recent months, the LCC leaders and small group leaders, we meet once a month to go through this book, Radical Discipleship by Edmund Chan and in one of the chapters he wrote it is our walk and not our talk that defines our discipleship and I'm sure many of you have heard the phrase walk the talk we talk the talk but we don't walk the walk walk." and so the call to walk the talk it's easy to say it It's hard to live it out. And so when we talk about imitation, we ourselves need to first leave out the teachings. Before universities, colleges, and vocational school came into being, where do people learn a certain skill? I'm sure many of you know the term apprentice. 
right, or guilt. And so in order to pick up a skill in the past, um, a young person, a less uh, a skilled person, would find a sifu, uh, find a master, a skilled uh, a person. And then you follow the person and you pick up the skills from that person. And so there's this thing called apprentice. Now, it is not a thing of the past, you know. Today, it is still happening, isn't it? Ever heard of the word intern, internship? Engineers, your final year. Architects, your final year. A lot of people in their final years, including pastors, we have to serve as intern. Lawyers, you have pupillage. What about doctors? You have a housemanship. And so we're still learning the skills from somebody who knows the skills more than us. But what about the Christian faith? And so my dear brothers and sisters today, as we think about enhancing education, it is not just in schools. It is not just in Sunday schools. And it is not just at homes. It is everywhere in our lives. A few nights ago, I got a call from a dear sister from Singapore. And she said she wanted to interview me. And I said, what is it all about? And said, you know, they are trying to uh, interview uh, a pastors who, or rather, a lady pastors who were educated or trained from Trinity Theological College in Singapore. Uh, I was there many, many years ago. And so she had a few questions to ask me. And so like, when did I go and, and why did I choose uh, Trinity and so on? And then she said, do you remember your subjects? I said, oh my, I don't think I can. A few I remember, the others I cannot remember and who were the lecturers I cannot remember. Then she said, what about your hostel life? And I said, yeah, that I remember. I said, what do you remember? I remember my seniors who helped me in my Mandarin. My Mandarin was almost zero. My seniors who helped me in my Mandarin. They taught me to pray. They taught me to sing the Chinese song. I remember their kindness and their care for a junior a student who didn't have the language skill. I remember them helping me through challenges and difficulties. I saw them loving people. I saw them going out of their way to help others. And so it was a very good interview as I was reminded that these are the lives that have touched my lives because I saw what they did. And so learning includes imitation. And whether we know it or not, we are powerful examples for other people. We influence positively or negatively and we leave lasting marks on the lives of others. Pause and think, for those of us who are adults, pause and think of the impression your parents left in your lives. Could be your parents, could be your grandparents, could be your uncles and your aunties. People who may have moved on, but the impression that they left in your lives. And so as we learn and imitate others, let us likewise let others 
learn and imitate from us. Imitation, as we imitate others, we let other people imitate our faith, imitate our Christian values, imitate the way we handle problems. Problems will always come. But we learn to trust in the Lord and our trust will be very, very obvious to the people around us. And so friends, today as we come for Holy Communion, it's imitation, isn't it? Our Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, He took bread, He took the cup and then He said, do this as often as you can. And when you do it, remember me. And so actually, Holy Communion is an imitation, is a repeat of what the Lord did more than 2,000 years ago. And so today, friends, as you come forward, as you put out your hands to receive the bread and the cup, remember to let your lives be copied by other people. Let us pray. Father, we're just so thankful to you for your word, for your reminder that God, you worked in our lives. You are the one whose light had shone into our lives. And throughout our life's journey, throughout our growth as a follower, we have experienced many, many of your blessings and many, many people have invested their time and lives into our lives. So we're grateful to you. And so we ask that, Father, you will continue your work in us, allowing our lives to continue to shine for you, that not only the younger generation at home and in the church and in the community, but others who may be younger in the faith, be able to look at us and imitate our life as we follow Jesus Christ. We give thanks to you. We ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.